Shalom, welcome to Tanakh study. This is Alex Israel from Alon Shvut, and I'd like to remind our listeners that you can uh, read more of my Torah on my website www.alexisrael.org and please take advantage of all the shiurim which are there and the podcasts which are posted there. Uh, you're really welcome to use all of my Torah there. Please visit. Today we are going to learn Perak Chafbet of Breshit, chapter 22, which is the formidable Parsha of the Akedah. Before I begin, I'd like to say that much of my analysis and my observations have been uh, affected and very influenced by the teachings of Professor Uriel Simon, a wonderful, wonderful scholar and teacher. And I heard uh, Shurim by him on the Akedah some years ago. And uh, many of the points that I'm going to make come from him. Vayehi achar hadvarim ha'ele. Perak Chafbet, Pasuk Aleph, chapter 22, verse 1. And it was after these things, Velohim Nisayat Avraham. After which things? After what things? There's some uh, retrospective here. What's the connection? When we look back at chapter 21, we see that three things happened. The birth of Yitzchak, the sending away of Yishmael, and the covenant with Avimelech. The truth is that each one of these are candidates for a backdrop for the Akedah. Of course, uh, Yitzchak, because Yitzchak, <laughs> it's all about Yitzchak. We, they, the last chapter celebrated the uh, birth of Yitzchak as a fulfillment of God's promise, and this chapter is going to take that away. In fact, more than that, Yitzchak means it's about laughter, it's about um, the ridiculous um, ability for Avram and Sarah to have a child at age 190 respectively, and now this child's existence is going to be brought into, brought into question. It's Achar of Yishmael, because the Akedah here seems very much like the story of Yishmael. After all, Avram has a beloved son, and God is telling him to uh, let that son go, to, and that son goes away from him and almost dies, and then miraculously is revived and given a blessing that he will become a great nation. That was true for Yishmael, and that is true for Yitzchak. And after Avram has been through the painful experience of sending away Yishmael, it makes the Akedah even more horrific, because indeed, as we'll read, Yitzchak really is Yechidecha. He is the only one. How often does Avram have to undergo this atrocity? And of course, after Brit Avimelech, Avimelech has come and made a covenant with him. The people around accept him. They want to make peace with him. And uh, Avram has dreamed since God has spoken to him that and people will if he kills his own son, what's that going to do to his reputation? What's that going to express about the type of person that he is? So, this story comes after all that Avram has achieved and all Avram has gone through. And that's thinking about that backdrop is only going to make the story more difficult. God tested Avraham. 
You know, is this trying to calm us down? Is it to reassure us this is only a test? Uh, what, what, what's happening here when the narrator says, this Avram, Avram of course doesn't know it's a test. We, the reader, is being told this is a test. And I think maybe we might say that the the the, the Torah itself, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, wants to be very, very clear to the listener, to the reader, that Hashem does not want child sacrifice. Hashem doesn't want child sacrifice. And we should be aware this is a test not because we can't stand the tension of this story and therefore we need somehow to be reassured that it's going to end with a happy end. We're being told that God tested Abraham, that all this is is God testing, but this is not really the Ratzon Hashem. God doesn't like people to murder their children. Vayome elav Avraham. God says, Avraham, that's all he says. Vayomer hineni. Avraham answers hineni. Hineni is literally hine ani. Here I am. Av- but God is not asking Avraham, where are you? Are you in the kitchen or are you in the living room? When Avraham says hineni, it doesn't mean here I am, I am... It means it's an expression of preparedness. It means I am fully with you. I am present for you. I am willing to do. I am mentally, morally there for you to do everything that you ask of me. That's what Hineni is. I'm prepared. I am present for you. I'm standing by. Amazing. This response of Avraham. He gets a call by God. Hineni, I'm totally there for you, God. What do you want? And now, God says, Please take your son, your only son who you love, Yitzchak, Velechlacha. Interesting phrase that. We've already heard that before. Go El Eretz HaMoriah to the land of Moriah, Moriah, and raise him up there as a burnt offering on one of the hills that I will show you. Bincha Yechidcha Asher Yitzchak. There are some who try and explain that Avram is sort of, he's, he's breaking it slowly. He says, the one you love, and he says, but I love both my sons. Sorry, he says, your son, but I have two sons, your only son, he's breaking it to his slowly. But Uriel Simon says otherwise, and he says, you know, sometimes I can ask somebody and say, oh, can I have a little favor? And maybe it will be a little favor or not. But sometimes I can say to somebody, I need some help, but I really need some help. This is a, this is a big thing that I need from you. And that's what God's saying to him. God's saying to Avram, I know exactly what I'm asking you. He is your son. He is your only son who you love. Yitzchak, I'm asking for a huge thing. I know he's beloved. And this is what I'm asking for. I'm asking for the ultimate thing. Uh, By the way, I think what's critical here is that he says, Asherah Hafta. We might imagine that people engage in religious fanaticism and kill their children because of some sort of, they love God more than their children or something like that. The text here tells us 
very carefully that we should understand that um, Avraham loves his son. The question here is, of course, Avraham is going to come out of the story as a great Oved Hashem. Is he going to come out of the story as a good father? And God is saying, Asher Hafta, indeed, Avraham loves his father. He is a good father. Avram's already heard Lech Lecha as his first command. And now he hears the same Lech Lecha, also with an indefinite goal, just like Ela Aretz Asher Areka, go Avraham. From your land, from your birthplace, from your parental home to the land I will show you here. Go to the one of the hills that I will show you and raise your child up as a sacrifice. Lech Lecha means that Avram is in a constant state of progress, in a constant state of growth. The undefined goal means that he's following God. But let's Let's say something further. When Avraham says, when, when Avraham is asked the first Lech Lecha, he is giving up his past. He is sacrificing his past and his present maybe for the sake of the future. But this Lech Lecha is even harder because he is sacrificing his future. He's sacrificing his son. He's sacrificing all the promises. And here we have to wonder, from Avraham's perspective, for what? Avram, does he understand for what? Why? Why is this something that he needs to do? Avram, nonetheless, Avram gets up in the morning. What a sense of obedience. Maybe let me even stress again. Avram had in the very previous parak been told, Yitzchak will be your future. In the story of Sodom and Amorah, Avram had cried out before God. Here, he's silent. He gets up. He saddles his donkey. He takes his two men with him, his two servants. Why? Because he needs protection on the way. He takes Yitzchak, who is at this point fully unaware. And he cuts wood. This sense of flurried activity. Avram understands what he's being asked to do, but he does it in silence. He doesn't question. And he, he understands. Again, why doesn't he question? I assume he doesn't question because he understands exactly what God wants of him. Um, Avram does everything that he can himself. He's totally involved. He cuts the wood. He saddles his donkey. And off he goes. El hamakom asher amar lo Elohim. To the place which God had told him. Bayom hashlishi. Vayisav rameteinav. Avram lifts up his eyes. Vayaret hamakom erachok. How did he know the place? He saw the place from afar. How did he know? Rashi says he saw a cloud tied to the hill. That's not in the text. We... Maybe was there an extra communication? Did God say, Zehamakom? Who knows? But whichever way, um, he sees the place from afar. Again, sometimes there are Midrashim on this. He saw this as far off, this whole act as far off. He couldn't understand it. It was absurd to him. 
And now, stay here with the donkey, Va'ani, Va'hanar. Nelchad Ko will go to where we have to go, and we will bow and we will return to you. Why does he leave the servants there? Because this is an intimate moment. This is a moment where uh, he's going to have a very significant religious, spiritual happening. And here he has to be him alone with God, him and Yitzchak alone with God, this sense of intimacy. But why did he say even Ashuva will return? Was there a hidden prayer here? Certainly he hasn't told Yitzchak. And if he hasn't told Yitzchak, he, he can't tell the servants. And therefore maybe he's ha- we can tell that he's having trouble. He's already been on a three-day journey in silence. He's had trouble breaking the news to Yitzchak. Now, does Avram not have any doubts? The Midrashim on this chapter are full of Avram's doubts. They express this in the form of the Satan trying to stop him from going and all the Midrashim talk about the idea that Avram is filled with a sense of being perplexed and yet persists because he hears the divine command in his ears. And now, Vayikach Pasuk Vav, verse 6, Vayikach Avraham et Avram takes the firewood, Vayasem al Yitzchak He puts it on Yitzchak, Vayikach Biyado et ha'esh ve'et Yitzchak carries the heavy stuff, Avram carries the dangerous stuff. Notice that the knife here is called a ma'achelet, a very unusual word for a, a knife, but it's more like a, a hatchet, a butcher's knife. It's a, it's a knife which eats ma'achelet. From, it's a, it's a, it's a, it has a great violence to it, this word. And therefore, we're anticipating this isn't any ordinary knife. Now suddenly this knife has taken on a more demonic quality. It's a ma'achelet. It eats and destroys but notice this great sense of togetherness between Avram and his son. They go together. Um, they are they are partners. At this point, um, Avram knows what's going on and Yitzchak doesn't. And it, we get a sense that Yitzchak feels uneasy because now Yitzchak speaks up and Vayomi Yitzchak and Avraham aviv. Yitzchak speaks to Avram, his father. Notice all of the um, phrases which talk about relationships. Avram Aviv. Vayomer Avi. Of course, this is strange. Why do we need Vayomer twice? And Yitzchak speaks to Avram, his father, and he said, Father. The answer is clear. Why twice Vayomer? Because this is, and we're going to see the story slowing down and slowing down. And it's difficult for Yitzchak to break the silence and therefore <laughs> even to get that word out Avi is hard for him. How does Avram respond? If before we had the first Hineni and by the way the word Bini, Ben comes up ten times in this parasha. Ten times because Avram is so attached to his son and God knows exactly what he's asking. But Avram says Hineni Bini I am there for you, my son. I am totally with you. I love you. He could have said, I'm busy, but he didn't. Because here what he said, what, what we're being set up here in this story is that Avram is totally with God and he's totally with his son. And this makes this whole dilemma 
even all the more excruciating. Vayomer and Yitzchak says, Here is the fire, and here is the wood. We gain the sense that Yitzchak is onto something. Notice he says, and where is the where is the sacrifice? He doesn't mention the ma'achelat. He doesn't mention the knife. He could have said, I see the knife, I see the wood, I see the fire, because those were all the things listed in the previous verse. But Yitzchak realizes something's up. His father's acting strangely. And he's he, he realizes something's going on. Where is where is the 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 sheep for the slaughter by Yomer Abraham? And Avram says, Elohim yir God will show the animal, the, the, the sheep for the sacrifice, Bini. Once again they go together. Now, why did Avram hide this from him? Why didn't he say, God's commanded me something and it's very, very difficult for me to do? You know, um, Maybe he thought the Yitzchak was too young to appreciate this. Um, maybe. Is it possible that he is still hoping that something might be different? Elohim yirelo aseli ola b'ni. That the word is yireh doesn't mean he will show, but really means he will choose. Later on in Tanakh, in Shmuel, we have Kira Itimi Banav Melech. I've seen one of Yishai's sons as a king, but he really means I have chosen one of Yishai's sons as king. At this point, Avram does Avram is still holding out. Not that he's not going to listen to God, but he says, God will choose the sacrifice, my son. He doesn't want to impose the he doesn't want to define at this stage. The sacrifices to God are demanding. And Avram knows that he would have given all his wealth to God. And he's almost like saying a prayer. He does I don't want to give up my son. Of course, we know, just like Avraham, that it, it's up to God's hand to choose what he wants from us. Once again, this sense of togetherness. Interesting that Avram's answer satisfied Yitzchak, so they walk together. Yitzchak doesn't make a sudden dash away. And now we see things slow down even more. He comes to the precise spot where God had showed him. Avraham builds the Mizbeach. And he sets up the, the wood. Of course, there's a certain irony that before Yitzchak was carrying the wood, and now they are Yitzchak Bano. Now he's going to tie up Yitzchak on top of the wood. There is the wood, and Yitzchak is now tied up, lying on top of him. Why tie him up? It's like preparing somebody for surgery. You don't want him to make a sudden move and have an accident. But can you imagine this whole slow process? And now we slow down even more. Avram moves his hand and picks up the knife to slaughter his son. And at this point, an angel of God calls out from heaven and says, Avraham! Avraham! Avram says, This is the third Hineni. Why did an angel call him and not God? We, we really don't know the answer. 
But this double phrase, Avraham, Avraham, is to, to, to get his attention, to make sure that he is listening. And God relieves Avraham's commitment. But notice before he does, Avraham says, Hineni. One Hineni to God in the beginning. One Hineni to his son. It's equal. The ultimate Hineni to God. Why did God do this? Why did God put Avram through this desperately terrible torture? To the point where he was willing, where he's at the verge of slaughtering his son, and then he says, Al tishlach yadchalanar. Don't send forth your house to your, your forth your hand to the to, to the boy. Al taslom umar, do nothing. Ki yadati Elohim Because now I know that you fear God and you haven't denied your son, your only one, from me. What's all that about? And what we might say is this. All around the ancient world people are sacrificing their children. Did Avraham feel inferior to his Canaanite neighbours who expected dedication by sacrificing children? Might Avraham have felt that his religion was somehow lacking? Hashem says, now I know you're capable of the ultimate sacrifice. You are capable of the same dedication as any other religionist. If you can give up your child, but God says, I don't want child sacrifice. I don't like that. That's not what I want. God could never have said this in any other way. If God would just say, I don't want sacrifice, child sacrifice, then Avram might think, well, you know, thank God he relieved me of that. I'm obviously not so powerfully attached to God as all my neighbors. On the other hand, God doesn't want this sacrifice. And therefore, we have the situation whereby God is testing Avraham's. And here it's interesting. There is Yirat Hashem and there is Ahavat Hashem. Generally, Avram is seen as a lover of God. Zera Avraham or Havi. Um, Avram is seen as a lover of God. What is love? Sfatimet says, love is when you identify with something. If two people are in love, they might find themselves just wanting to do things because they love each other. Ahava is when it all makes sense to me. And in that sense, Avram was Ohev Hashem because everything God asked him to do just resonated with him. When Hashem said to Avram, Lech Lecha, he didn't find it, uh, he said, yes, I, I wanted to go there anyway. And so many things that God told Avram to do, Avram found a sense of Ahava, whether before or afterwards, he would say, wow, you know, that thing I understand why you're asking me. But this Avram had to do in the perspective of Yira, out of obedience, out of a sense of distance, out of a sense of misunderstanding of this why because even God himself didn't want this and this was the first time when Avram had been tested in such a way of Yirat Hashem Yirat Hashem is when you do something purely out of obedience out of fear out of the fear and of the sense of obligation but not out of a sense of inner identification and that might explain why God says at the end of it I know you fear me because you do things even when you don't identify with them. Until now you've always been Avraham or Hashem. You've always identified, but now you don't. And now I've discovered, and you've discovered, that you are a Yurei Elohim. This animal is caught 
it by his thought by his horns he offers up this ram instead of his son how can Abraham offer anything instead of his son his son is the ultimate but I think here we actually see the secret in some way of uh, Korbanot uh, as Rav Shimshon Rafael Hirsch says in his commentary he says if somebody if I had a million pounds and I pick up a pin could I say oh I'll take this pin for a million pounds you can't say such a thing but instead what we're saying is that whenever anybody brings a Korban the Korban is as if they've given something as valuable as their child that uh, sometimes there is a symbolism in a korban where of course Hashem isn't going to ask us for human sacrifice, but that some sort of sacrifice, even of an animal, is meant to somehow penetrate the very depths of human religious psyche so that it is in some way tachat beno. He offers up the ram as a burnt offering instead of his son. But now we have the blessing of Aikra Avraham, Shem HaMakomahu, Hashem Yireh. Avram says, calls the place, names the place, Hashem Yireh. God will see Hashem Yireh, that now it is said, Bahar Hashem Yireh. God will be seen on the mountain. What is that? Hayom, it's not clear. But there was a sense of seeing God on the mountain, God seeing Avraham, that sense of a rendezvous, that sense of a meeting. These two Hinanis are very, very powerful. Hineni Bani, Hineni to Hashem. And of course, as Jews, we live this, um, Jews throughout the centuries, live this sense of love of their children and love of God all the time. And too often in history, Jews were asked to say the Hineni to God and give up the Hineni to their children. But of course, we don't live, we are not uh, suicide bombers and we're not jihadists. We don't live on the Hineni to Hashem with the, without the Hineni to our children. We are fully there for our children, we're fully there for God, and when we pray on Rosh Hashanah, we don't pray with the knife, we pray with the ram's horn. We don't offer ourselves as willing to sacrifice our children. We say we want the ram's horn, which is the replacement for our children, because we pray to Hashem, who is, and we say, that God, you desire life, we want you never to ask us again to put us in a situation where we have to make a choice between our Hineni to our children and our Hineni to God. After Avram has overcome and has succeeded in this most awesome and awful test, now we see God bless Avram. An angel of God calls out again, to Avram from the heavens and says, I swear because you did this thing. And because you did not deny, you did not hold back your son, your only son. I'll bless you greatly. And I will expand your offspring like the stars of the heaven and like the sand on the seashore and your offspring will inherit the gate of the enemies they will 
succeed in battle against all of their adversaries. And through you, all of the nations of the world will be blessed. Because you listen to my voice. Avram went back to his servants. Notice and much has been said in Pasuk Yutet. Avram goes back to his two assistants. Where's Yitzchak? Did Yitzchak come back with Avraham? Did Yitzchak go his own way? Was this a rupture point between Yitzchak and God? A rupture point between Yitzchak and Avraham? We will never know. Whichever way, they go back. El Be'er Sheva, Be'yishev Avraham Be'er Sheva. And Avraham lived in Be'er Sheva. There are still a few short psukim of the Parsha. And I'm going to choose to deal with those last psukim. Please God, when we deal with the first couple of lines of Chayi Sarah, and that we will deal with next week. In the meantime, I wish everybody a wonderful day. And if you're listening to this each uh, segment on a different day of the week, then I will wish you also Shabbat Shalom.